Hello, it's Tina Anderson with BattlegroundFitness.com and my monthly podcast, Get Fit, Stay Healthy. This is show number 36. Ever had a backache? Ever thrown out your back or had what you believe to be sciatica? Well, I've experienced both, including the excruciating and debilitating pain that goes along with these conditions. I'm telling you, worse than childbirth. Moms, I swear it is. Oh my goodness, I manage my L4, L5 issue now, and I'll always have these sort of episodes in the back of my mind, but I don't let them stop me from training and enjoying my workouts, and I don't want you to do that either. Or if you haven't had any back issues, I want to keep it that way if we can. There are some important distinctions between the two issues of sciatica and back pain, general low back pain, which is what most of us do experience. And there are some guidelines and some things you should know about keeping your back healthy, strong, and functioning. So that's what we're going to talk about today. And I do have an amazing chiropractor that keeps me healthy. And I know of several others who do the same for hundreds of their patients. But I really wanted to interview a surgeon for this. So I went to a well-respected neurosurgeon who is considered to be one of the leading spine experts in the country. Obviously, way too much to cover. So I tried to keep it, you know, basic and practical as always. At the end of the interview, I have some tips and some suggestions, reminders, based on my experiences and conversations with other doctors, physicians, and nurses. And there might be even one tip or suggestion or reminder that could prevent future back issues or mitigate what you have or prevent them altogether. Here is my phoner with Dr. Frank Sufal. Hello, it's Dr. Sufal. Hi, Dr. Sufal. It's Tina Anderson. My perception is that more and more people mention throwing their back out or having a back injury or talk about their sciatica. Is that true or are we just more aware of it these days? No, I think it's very common that we hear patients use that term, throw my back out. We we hear it in the setting of the workplace. We also hear it uh, in the setting of um, athletic injuries at the gym or with organized sports. so, you know, it, it's uh, a very common presenting symptom. You know, lower back pain is extremely prevalent in the country, and it's one of the uh, number one presenting symptoms to emergency rooms and primary care physicians nationwide. Let's talk about when someone says they threw their back out, and I certainly can speak from experience. I don't know how else you describe, describe it when it happens, and now that it has happened to me, I understand, quote, you know, wanting to die. Uh, really, it really is indescribable when you have that kind of pain. The difference yeah. between perhaps, quote, throwing your back out and sciatica, are they two different things or is it kind of one and the same? There can be overlap, but sciatica has a specific meaning. Sciatica doesn't mean that the sciatic nerve has been injured or bruised. Sciatica is a general term that refers to leg pain, okay? So if someone is experiencing leg pain, that is by definition sciatica. And it can be related to compression of any one of several nerves in the lower back as they exit the spinal canal. But uh, ultimately that will cause compression and pain in the distribution of the nerve and that's what we call sciatica. Throwing one's back out more typically refers to more localized pain in the lower back region or in the 
hip or buttock region on one side. And most commonly, that represents a type of straining injury to the supportive muscles and ligaments of the lower back. More typically than not, there is not an associated radiation of pain into the leg that is part and parcel of sciatica. And that, I guess, leads us to the whole issue of the of the, when the discs get involved, because I've been told, and I know a lot of people I talk to, that they'll say, well, I have an L5 or an L4, which is what I was told. I hear about that a lot as well, the, the discs. So how are discs involved in all of this, between a low back issue versus the sciatica? Whenever there's a component of pain in the leg, a radiating pain into the leg, or numbness and tingling in association with pain in the leg, our index of suspicion for there being a disc problem is much higher. If it's purely pain localized to the lower back region with extension into the leg, then uh, we don't have that index of suspicion. Um, so um, if there is leg pain, we're thinking more in terms of it being a disc, but we don't uh, immediately obtain x-ray studies of the spine. Rather, we'll follow the patient, and if the symptoms don't resolve after several weeks, then we consider at that point getting an MRI scan, for instance, to see if there is a significant disc herniation. Are we born with this certain disc herniation predisposition or condition? There is no uh, hereditary familial syndromes that clearly correlate to an increased predilection for lumbar. Uh, thoracic or cervical disc disease. Um, so no, uh, there are not certain hereditary or congenital disc problems, okay? They typically arise from acquired stress or for want of another word, wear and tear on the spine due to cumulative uh, effects of activity over our lifetimes. For instance, like weight training and all the uh, the high-impact aerobics I used to teach, all the weight-bearing exercises, which I know are good for you anyway, but if you've done them over and over again for a long, long time, then certainly that could be one of the reasons why I personally and some of the clients that I work with some have this, this issue. Yes, there, there are clearly certain types of competitive activities that, that can stress out um, a disc space more than others. Um, for instance, people doing heavy weight workouts on a repetitive basis. And contact sports are associated with uh, increased rates of cervical disc herniations. So there are certainly activities we do as humans that can predispose to it. And what about the issue of a weak core area? Does that still contribute to something like this? Yeah, that that is not... Um, uh, a myth by any means. What we know is that with good core strengthening that we are offloading the biomechanical stress on the spinal elements themselves. We're really load sharing with the muscles uh, of the abdominal wall and that's very advantageous uh, to the long-term health of our spine. Okay, so let's say that somebody is starting to have some back issues. It's let's say, not extreme yet. What would be good advice for someone like that? Is there anything we can do at this point before it gets worse? Having a patient in that setting be a, either a physical therapist or a chiropractor who's skilled at doing lumbar strengthening exercises uh, and conditioning, um, 
that, that's, that's without question where we would start. And then monitor the patient closely as they go through that. And, uh, the majority of patients with uh, initial mild symptoms like that will do very well with that course and will not require anything further from a surgical specialist such as myself. I know chiropractors get sort of a bad rap and people get scared of them. I've been really lucky with someone who keeps me pretty healthy and I literally can feel the difference within minutes. And so it's nice to hear from you as a, a neurosurgeon that there are legitimate doctors in this area and that's what you're saying in fact. Oh yeah, absolutely. And um, I uh, work with and had excellent relationships with uh, chiropractors over the years and I know they do exceptional work just as uh, trained physical therapists do. So uh, uh, I rely on both camps uh, to help with uh, my patients. Is there anything as far as natural nutrition or anything that we can take, uh, any supplements, is there anything that supports disc health? Other than just maintaining proper nutrition and uh, not becoming uh, technically malnourished, I don't know of anything specific that's been supported in the scientific literature. You know, these days, particularly here in Southern California, uh, patients love to experiment with, uh, with supplements. And uh, the question is, though, uh, is there scientific validity behind certain supplements? Um, uh, and scientific validity means it has to be tested in some fashion using a randomized perspective statistically viable system and you know that's hard to do in medicine it usually requires a, a very well organized and large study fair enough I, I just was curious uh, all right let me ask you this in my case it was two different things that happened to me but boy I can feel it now if I do some lifting that's wrong I can start to feel the aggravation but the pain in both cases debilitating like you're almost literally stuck in a position and mine was odd because I literally, I was just cleaning the shower. A lot of stress, getting ready for vacation, bent over, clean the shower, pop, and literally stars. And I literally couldn't sit down. I wasn't one of those that could lay down. I was, I had to stand literally for 24 hours. And I'm wondering, why is it so painful? What is going on in our bodies that creates this debilitating pain? In your case, did the pain extend into your leg? It did, it started to, and this is what's crazy, is I didn't want to ruin the vacation, so we got in a car and drove all the way from here to Arizona and it got worse and worse, and I have a high threshold for pain anyway, and uh, which was crazy, and by the time we got to the hotel, I did the worst thing probably, and got in the jacuzzi, thought maybe heat and stretching, and, and literally every little movement later throughout the day would send just this incredible pain, and then, yeah, it, by that time it had gone way down, um, down on kind of the side of my leg, and you know, I could find one position for maybe 20 minutes, but if I barely moved, they would just shoot through again, and then I'd have to move again until I finally went in and, you know, just got some drugs and figured out when I got home what was going on. The second time, I was just in my low back, and again, a very stressful situation, which is why I, I've even kind of Googled this, you know, the, the connection to overload and the stress and why it seems that I, a lot of people throw their backs out, not when they're working out, but when they're doing something completely non-related. But that was just in my low back, and it was very different, and that went away much quicker. But that was the same thing. I literally was frozen in that position, but that didn't go down my leg. So I have two completely different experiences with this. Yeah, <laughs> the, the first incident you described is a classic 
disc herniation, acute disc herniation syndrome with sciatica. The pain is so exquisite early on with that particular problem because there's physical compression on a neural structure and the nerves uh, are sensitive to physical compression. And um, when a nerve is being compressed by a herniated disc, as it's trying to exit the spinal canal, it's even more sensitive than usual to certain body positions. So, in particular, prolonged sitting will intensify the pain because as we sit, we actually stretch the nerve over the herniated disc as it's exiting out its canal from the central spinal column. So, again, nerve pain will be exquisitely related to certain body positions. In the latter situation, you had more of a classic uh, muscular straining injury uh, without the prominent leg pain. But, uh, don't get me wrong, a muscle straining injury very early on can be intensely painful. I, as a neurosurgeon, was doing something similar to what you described. I was uh, twisting and leaning over to pick up uh, one of my young children and I felt this popping sensation in my back and even though I treat disc herniation syndromes all the time I was convinced that the intensity of pain had and that popping syndrome had to uh, mean that I had a herniated disc even though I didn't have uh, any significant symptoms down the leg but the intensity of pain was so much that I, uh, I went ahead and uh, had an MRI scan done earlier and um, no new disc herniation was seen, and uh, uh, the symptoms got better very quickly uh, with minimal anti-inflammatory medication. So, you know, both muscle pain and nerve pain can be intense early on, but the pattern is different. Muscle pain, it'll get better typically much much quicker and will be relieved by anti-inflammatory. Typically, the, the nerve pain is related to body position, debilitates us for a longer period of time, and, it, and the nerve pain typically isn't relieved well with anything other than a stronger narcotic pain medication. Is it bottom line, you just have to adapt and know the things that you can do and not think that you can just continue with everything and then you can mitigate it and sort of keep it at bay? Is that really the best advice for those of us that are pretty healthy, but we sort of have that in the back of our of our minds. So we know that our bodies can go there or they have gone there. And again, that's the other benefit of getting patients in to see well-trained uh, physical therapists and chiropractors. They not only will treat the symptoms that are present, but they will help a patient uh, learn good body mechanics for healthy living the rest of their life. Mm -hmm. And when someone has to see you, uh, he or she must be in pretty bad shape. Yeah, when a patient sees me, they have uh, typically been given an appropriate period of observation with initially restricted activity and uh, treatment with appropriate pain medications. And then when the symptoms have persisted, um, they've been referred for uh, x-ray studies of their lower back. And typically there's a concern about some new structural abnormality that may be causing the persistent symptoms, and that's when they get referred in to see me. Sometimes patients as well will have been referred for uh, the pain management for epidural steroid injection. So, um, so sometimes I will have a patient who's 
had injections and failed that, that uh, modality of treatment as well. If one were to, again, kind of adapt and maybe see a chiropractor or physical therapist, is, is there a good chance that, that someone could sort of keep the condition they're at for a long time and not get worse? A more complicated question to answer. I'll start by saying that um, the vast majority of patients who present with lower back or sciatic type symptoms will recover uh, on their own with non-operative forms of treatment and will not need to undergo surgery, the majority of patients. For that minority, it's important that they be followed closely and referred on to specialists in a timely fashion so that you don't develop further incapacity relating to ongoing neurologic dysfunction. What kind of success factor are we looking at here? What's the success rate in general? Or back to normal, I guess, or is there such a thing after back surgery? For a patient um, who has an otherwise healthy appearing spine and has a, uh, an acute disc herniation, those patients do very well with uh, microdiscectomy surgery. In the lower back, it's a lumbar microdiscectomy. If the disc herniation's in the neck, it is typically an anterior cervical discectomy and artificial disc replacement or fusion operation. And with both of those operations, the, the expected success rate for sustained symptomatic improvement is on the order of 80 to 90 percent. Um, but again, the key is uh, making the right diagnosis. If the diagnosis is well made, um, uh, then the outcome should be that optimistic. Well, if somebody would like to reach you or uh, talk to you, what's the best way should they call your office? I, I have done here ocmedicalgroup.com as your website. Is that correct? Yeah. My practice extends uh, from uh, La Jolla up to, to Orange County. The OC Medical Group is my contact here. I also am a director of neurotrauma down at Scripps Memorial in La Jolla. I have an office down there as well. I have toll-free, I guess, 877-336-3638. Can someone make an appointment to see you without being referred, or do they need to go through other steps before they would end up seeing you? Well, we do have patients that will, you know, identify us through websites, and uh, we'll call and schedule the patient uh, an evaluation on their own. So it doesn't always have to be by a direct referral from another physician. All right, and probably the question you get asked a lot, or maybe not, is there a general statement that you can just put out there for those of us that are active or not active about our back health or our spines? Try to be sensible in terms of how far pushing your body and when you're engaged in more vigorous and risky activities, use the appropriate uh, protective devices. Of course, listen to your body if you develop a new pattern of symptoms that seems something more than a simple backache. Seek out further evaluation from a trained specialist. In a funny way, I kind of hope I never see you in person. If I do, you know, at least no I'll... offense. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. <laughs> but if I if I do need help, um, I'll know where to go. I'll, I'll definitely call your office first. Thank you Thank so you. much. Dr. Sufal is a busy guy, so I was so enthusiastic to be able to talk to him. I really appreciated it so very much. Okay, so. Uh, you might be asking yourself, what do I do if I think I injured my back or if I'm not sure what is going on? Most doctors and nurses will tell you to see your primary physician first. You know, that could be your chiropractor, could be your acupuncturist, I don't know. Uh, but you definitely need to be assessed if you're not sure. If the pain is, you know, not that bad, 
you could just try ice on and off for about 20 minutes at a time for the first 24 hours. I actually have done that for my knee, for my low back, for other things, and have had great success with it. There are some that will say go to heat after that, and there are others that will say never go to heat, stay with ice. You'll have to experiment with it and see what works best for you. I generally, personally, myself, have the most success with ice only especially if I can hit it pretty close to the injury or the infliction. If I do something or I can feel pain coming on that I know is related to my back situation, I know I just need an adjustment, my doctor always says, please don't take ibuprofen or any pain medication before you see me because it masks the pain. You could injure yourself worse because you can't feel the pain. And when you're talking to your physician or doctor, and he or she is asking you, does this hurt? Well, it might not hurt because you're on pain meds. So be careful with that. Obviously, if you are literally falling down in pain, you're going to get to a doctor anyway. Bottom line is a lot of us have backaches. I have a backache sometimes just sleeping wrong. I'm sure you've experienced the same thing. And there are general, basic, practical things we can do to mitigate our back issues, make our back stronger, and prevent more serious conditions. I'm sure you've heard of a lot of these, but let's go over them real quick. How about Pilates? Amazing. Yoga. Basic stretching and strengthening exercises. Weight-bearing exercises. Definitely less sitting and or sitting for prolonged periods of time. My goodness, if you sit at work, if you have an office job, if you're at the computer, if you're on the phone with your neck bent over, you have got to get up. Give yourself a timer, mark something down, put it on your computer, get up and stretch, move. Standing with a nice long back stretch, arms overhead, that change alone could make a huge difference. Obviously being aware of your posture, the way that you carry yourself, the way that you stand, checking your shoulders, are you hunched over? Being aware of that could make a big difference when you're seated obviously as well. Obviously a stronger core and the doctor mentioned that. You know what else? Even losing a couple pounds can really make a difference. And don't forget about your shoes. Wearing heels changes the way your weight is distributed over your spine. And surprisingly, I've heard this before, I know it's true, flats and flip-flops can also cause problems for your back. There's no stability around your heel and it changes the way that your toes dig in when you're walking. That can exacerbate a problem or create one. So I know we love those flip-flops in the summer, or some of you year-round, but be really careful of that if you are nursing a back issue or have one or are concerned about one. In wrapping this up, remember that probably all of us have a herniated disc or two. True, if you took an x-ray of all of us, you'd probably find something. The older and more active you are, the more likely of that too. However, many of us can live with it, and we do. Some people have major herniated discs and they just live with it. They mitigate the pain, they don't have time for surgery or whatever, they just live with it. But if something changes drastically, there's a lot of pain. If it's shooting through your body in strange places or up through your neck or down through the side of your leg, if all of a sudden you just drop, if you lose function in a certain way, that's serious. You need to get that checked out because unfortunately, it can get worse if you don't get it taken care of. I, for one, had to give up a few of my favorite compound Olympic style exercises. I have to go light and less frequent on my squats. What do you need to do to honor and respect your body and its limitations? 
and to make yourself stronger as you age and hopefully continue to exercise. Okay, so next month, flat tummies. I know you've seen articles a million, zillion, trillion times. Six-pack abs, we've talked about it. Beyond being lean, beyond HIIT training, beyond a zillion crunches, which we know we shouldn't be doing anyway, what else do we need to know about that pooch in your stomach? Why it's there, perhaps how to get rid of it. I think you'll find this one interesting and enlightening and it might make you feel a little better too until then make good choices set appropriate boundaries spread some good vibrations in the world find something to laugh about every day and please 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 manage your stress before it manages you this is tina anderson with battleground fitness and get fit stay healthy asking you to do the same Oh, and let's connect on Facebook. I'm at Tina Anderson, capital O, capital C, which stands for Orange County, Tina Anderson OC, or you can email me at battlegroundfitness.com and we'll connect that way. Looking forward to it, guys. Have a great rest of your month.